It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Still kicks goes. He's through. He scored. Ryan Giggs. He's at the goal that's played for Manchester United. Right footed. It's a clear header. And it's into the left. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strikecast. My name is Dale O'Donnell, your host, and I'm delighted to be joined by Paul, Phil, and Jonathan from the blog. Um, starting off, Paul, how are you? I know you haven't been on in the past few weeks. Hope oh, we're keeping well. I'm keeping well, mate. Thanks for having me again. Um, it's nice to actually uh, be on a cast where we can discuss a victory and look ahead to the weeks ahead. So, yeah, a bit more optimistic than um, after the Brighton game. So, yeah, happier times. Absolutely, and we we did have that international break, and during that break, we we spoke to a coach in the podcast. It wasn't your typical strikecast at all, but we're back with a totally united focus, and I'm delighted to be joined by Philip. How are you, Phil? Not too bad, Dale. How are you? Not too bad. I was busy enough with um the football season back, and of course, the 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 focus today will be much on Champions League. It's Champions League special. Thankfully, United are back. Um. The prestige of Europe, um, Jonathan. Do you, are you looking forward to the new campaign in Europe? Um, yeah, because it just looks to certainly be one of those groups that's not going to be dull um, in any way, and hopefully, it's just going to be one of those that contains the kind of fixtures that gets the best out of us. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Good stuff, and of course, we're coming. On, we were talking on the back of a two-one victory over Watford. Um, and as as Paul kind of alluded to the last time he was on, United had a run of um, defeats, Brighton, then Spurs, but thankfully for the first time this season, back-to-back victories. Um, yeah. What did you make of the game, Jonathan, the 2-1 win over Watford? Um, quietly impressed with it. Still not exactly 
flawless or hugely exciting, but there were just signs that certain things are starting to work. Um, after a couple of sort of human performances from Dave, he looked to be getting back to his <laughs> alien on Earth level of agility. Um, Fellaini, as much as I can't stand his existence at United, seems to be finding in these scrappy type of fixtures at least, a way of performing a role that really does help United achieve maximum results out of it. So, lots of little things there to enjoy. Um, definitely, it's just sort of that frustration that while it's getting better, you feel it still needs to be much better than it is if we're to properly achieve anything this season. Paul, Lukaku came, came back from the international break um, in goals score on form and he's continued that. Do you think this season that we can expect more goals? Um, and do you think that maybe the way United have been playing, even when we're losing games, it was um, the influence, it looks a bit more attack-minded. Do you think that's going to suit Lukaku this season? Uh, first of all, I, I just want to make a point on Lukaku that I've, I think has become very visible in recent weeks is that He's starting to be a leader of men. Um, I was particularly impressed with an interview he gave to the press in the week about um, basically how players um, struggle to deal with the sort of intense sort of speculation around their uh, performances. Um, basically, he called the players soft touches, didn't he? Um, questioned certain players' mentality, um, how they respond to criticism. And I see that as Lukaku is quietly vocal, if that makes sense. Perhaps but, a dig yeah. at Pogba? I think it was quite a subtle dig at Pogba as well, because um, if we remember when Lukaku joined in the summer, Pogba was supposedly this driving force behind the move, um, meeting him in America, sort of persuading him to come, basically. Um, so for him to then see Pogba act on a certain demeanour on the pitch, um, almost believing his hype after the World Cup, um, sort of getting too far involved with, with his agent. Um, I don't think Lukaku has probably taken too kindly to that in that. And it, 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 sorry, Paul, but interestingly, they share the same agency. I know, I know, Lukaku has links with Jay Z's um, network, but they, they they have the same agent. Um, Lukaku is still linked with Raiola and Raiola's people. So it's interesting, and I totally agree with you, that I think he's making an example there yeah. of players that can come across soft. And you have to, like, when, you, when you're playing at this elite level, um, only the best is really accepted. And when you put your foot off the, off the boil for even if it's one week, people are going to be raising questions. And I think Lukaku looks at the kind of person that is determined to constantly be his best. Whereas Pogba... Yeah. Um, with so many distractions, he kind of he floats in and out, you know, and I think that's why we don't see that consistency. Yeah, I just want to pick you up on a couple of points on that. Is that it might be just little things to the to the naked eye, but um, yeah, Lukaku's goal against Watford was quite scrappy, but the way in which he celebrated the goal um, kind of signified, well, this is the way I want United to be. We have to all stick together and, and be exactly United. Yeah. And um, much was made out in the post-match analysis of his sort of 70-yard long busting sprint to the right-back position. Um, and you can just sort of contradict that with Anthony Martial, who frankly looked half-arsed when he came on. 
Yeah. Um, I think Lukaku is actually starting to have a great influence on this side, and I actually see a future captain in him. Philip, just on that, because I find that point really interesting, is we have a lot of players that we've, that we've signed either under Mourinho, under Van Gaal, and players that we all know have bundles of quality. Now, we don't always see that. I'm talking the likes of Pogba, I'm talking the likes of even Sanchez, Martial, um, in ways even Rashford's come through, he's dipping in and out of the team, substitute appearances and so on. Those players on social media in particular, people have to make excuses for him because they're my favourite that player. Whereas Lukaku is another player that was signed, costs a lot of money and even when things aren't going his way, you can see by him he doesn't accept excuses. And I think that's where what Paul is alluding to, that he, there's a little captain in him, that he, he doesn't wait around for excuses. Well, he's his own man. And I think that's kind of something that I really respect and one of the reasons why he's probably, at the moment, one of my favourite United players. Yeah. Well, you, you could see that even going back to his time at Chelsea, he, was, um, he, he actually went to Mourinho and said, I want to be playing. I actually want to... Uh, I think I should be starting, even at the age of 18 or 19. And um, although he had to go alone to West Brom and the clubs, he actually proved, OK, I am man enough to step up and play first-team football, play, play in the first team on a regular basis and contribute. And going back to the leadership uh, side, you, you could actually see his influence on the Belgian team during the World Cup as well. Uh, before the games and at halftime he was actually orchestrating um, team brew meetings in the central circle saying uh, come on we can actually do this uh, we can go on and win a whether it was the Japan game or whether it was uh, the Brazil game for instance yeah and, you could and, see that uh, he was kind of watching uh, the teammates around him the thing that I always get from too even in interviews you know, is a sense of humbleness like and it's very rare nowadays when footballers are earning so much money, um, and these massive alter egos, and they live in this bubble. And from from a journalistic point of view, it's hard to get access to these players They're on a different pedestal. But there was there was a bit of footage released over the weekend, and we we were the first people to have it on StrategyNews dot com. Was um, some absolute moron was a recording footage um, at the Watford Junction train station as United players were waiting to board the train. And he's re- clearly wasn't a United fan, but his, his whole motive was to spark a reaction in front of a camera from the United players. But Lukaku kind of brushed it off and just kind of said thanks. And he, he didn't get involved in any of that. He, it just comes across to me as, as a smooth operator. You know, he, he, he does his work on the pitch and lets his feet do the talk and scores goals, works hard, and, and that bursts back into the full-back position, which Mourinho commented on. It, it, it's a testament to, to the man himself. Um, and he, I, I do think even when he's not performing, it, I find it hard to criticise him because I know that he's putting in 100%. Um, well, I think Go ahead. I think uh, there was a very interesting interview that uh, was conducted with him. I, I'm not too sure whether it was before the World Cup or after the World Cup. And uh, uh, he was a very interesting interview where he actually went into his struggles as a child growing up in Belgium. Uh, um, in a large family, his, uh, this, how tough they had it as, a, as a kids. Um, his parents working double jobs, everything like that. Um, not being able to afford uh, 
and for for to play football and everything like that. And uh, he, he was going back to the thing where they were considered not Belgian to a certain extent because of their parentage or uh, their mm. colour or whatever. And uh, he always felt that he had to prove himself, whether that was at the underage level at Anderlecht or whether that was um, going onwards to Chelsea or other teams like that. He, he felt he had a point to prove and that he was going to do his damnedest to get it done. Yeah. And on the more was actually able to achieve it. Yeah, well, especially nowadays, I think we're all guilty of what we all, and not, not comparing them, but we always kind of say, oh, there's um, there's a lack of leaders in the game, there's no leader, right Keane, or whatever, but I think that in many ways, Lukaku is the modern leader, um, and the kind of, the calm figure, but, but gets his point across, and leads by example, and yeah. I, I just think since he's come in, he's been a fantastic like signer. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously w- w- there's a lot of coverage of Roy Keane at the moment, and you can't really act the way he, the way he acts in the modern game, and that's just the reality of it. Um, just yeah. something else on the game, Jonathan, I want to touch on is the the centre back pairing of, of Smalling and and Lindelof. Smalling was tremendous um, against yeah. Watford, really was, and we've we've spoken the podcast in recent weeks about Bali Lindelof and and getting that right partnership at centre a centre back without right mm-hmm. partnership. I believe you're pissed in the wind in football. You have to build from the back. Um, yeah. Is this something you can see Mourinho building on? And if so, I know we're not going into the Champions League debate just yet. Um, yeah. Would you stick with this in the coming weeks? Because the problem with United in, in the past has been with injuries, lack of consistency, is chopping and changing at the back. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest with you, how David De Gea has, has, has been so consistent over the years with chopping and yeah. changing defenders is remarkable. Um, do, do you think Marini's going to stick with this partnership? Um, I'd say so, definitely, because I know after the opening game of the season, I went all giddy lad and predicted that, you know, Eric and Johnny would be the pair that would carry us through glorious years and then they went to Brighton and just, well enough said about that. So I think that there's certainly, while I don't look at Smoylan and Lindelof and think Vidic and Rio, they're at least more secure than any other combination I've seen this season. And they look to be, if not commanding, then at the very least safe enough that you don't close your eyes every time the ball goes in the box for fear of what's going to happen while they try and deal with it. So there's certainly... There's something there that can be built on. And I think when you add to that how impressive Shaw's been as an actual reliable left-back who can defend and offer something going forward, and my growing excitement that young Delot, when he's actually fit enough to get into this, to again have a right-back that can also defend and not be a complete liability in the opposition half, there's certainly reasons to be optimistic there, if not thoroughly confident at the minute. Do you think, with that said, that like obviously the amount of criticism Mourinho has got in the past, and he, he, he yesterday he briefly mentioned that um, that he believes Spurs should be getting stick after back-to-back defeats in the same manner yeah. that United are getting. And just something that, that I mentioned after we played Spurs, I know we lost. Um, Luke Shaw was our best player on the pitch by 
a country mile. It was fantastic. And Miles. this season, he's been absolute a best player, I, I, I'd say. And Mourinho hasn't really gotten the, the praise he deserves for that. But if yeah. the centre-back pairing of, of Small and, and Lindelof develops as the season goes on, after, yeah. all, after all the criticism Shaw's been getting in the past, that Lindelof's been getting in the past, that, that Smallin's yeah. been getting in the past, surely there, there's a degree of a tap in the back for, for, for Mourinho there. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that annoys me about how the press love to do these things is that a coach is like Pochettino, who if, say, a Trippier or a Dyer or any of like your... Yep. Players who well, have admittedly come on slightly, uh, always down to his greatness. But if anyone improves under Mourinho, well, it's just coincidental. They just seem to be having a purple patch. Where again, if anyone goes on the slump under someone like Pochettino, oh, that's just a temporary blip. Where if anyone has two or three bad games at United, it's the end of their career. They're no longer a force and we should be looking to get rid of the next window. So there's mm. very much that slant on whether they're good, it's by fluke. If they're bad, it's Mourinho. So he definitely has earned some praise. On that, I want, I want to come across to Paul because during the summer, during the World Cup, um, David De Gea, I think it's fair to say, had a, had a disappointing campaign, as did the rest of the, the Spanish national team. Um, Paul wrote a piece during the summer about De Gea and the difference between the reaction from United fans when he does mess up and the difference between the Spanish fans and Spanish media. And there were calls and polls for De Gea to be dropped during the tournament. Um, whereas United, you know, he hasn't had a great start to the season, but we all stuck by him. There was no one calling for De Gea's head to be dropped or, or any, anything of that nature. We, we stand by De Gea because we know how good he is. Now, against Watford, he showed right back to his best. Without him, we wouldn't have won, we wouldn't have drawn, we would have dropped three points. I, I firmly believe I think he was exceptional. Um, yeah. Paul, on that, what is the difference between the English and Spanish media? Because we all, everyone criticises the English media for being, um, I suppose, ABUs, hating United and so on. Where, but the... the, the what the, the sort of treatment De Gea was given over the summer was totally below the belt. From a from our point of view back here, I, I had I'd never had a doubt in my mind that David De Gea had, had peaked in form or his decline was permanent. I you know form is temporary, as they say, and class is permanent. And no one has epitomised that more than David De Gea this season. Um, the difference coming to your question, the difference between. The English and the Spanish is, I think the Spanish tend to look for a scapegoat far too frequently compared to the English. Um, there was obviously a lot was made of Lopetegui's sacking uh, just prior to the tournament. And that was the real issue, really. Let's not make any bones about it. It wasn't down to David De Gea that Spain got eliminated. It was all the upheaval prior to that. Um, and we had to cobble together, first of all, a coaching setup amidst very difficult circumstances and to be frank the the Spanish at the World Cup were um, sort of victims of their own downfall in the way that they approach matches so to and it seemed that David De Gea was clearly scapegoated um, very unjustly in my eyes um, because a lot was made about um, particularly the penalty kicks against Russia um, 
the one-on-one that he conceded in against was it, was it Morocco? I can't remember the opposition now, but um, the the media in particular were were very short-minded in that De Gea actually bailed out Spain in, in quite a number of instances in both those games. Um, so I think in shorts, it's it's just down to the, to their portrayal of David De Gea as a whole. Um, they've had goalkeepers in the past like Iker Casillas, who was virtually untouchable. Um, and his legacy is almost sort of living on in that they're trying to find this replacement for Cassius. Um, and Paul, do you think it's down to De Gea not returning to Madrid and still being in England Man United? Is, is it kind of a, a sense of, not a sense of betrayal, but he's still not 100% one of ours because he's not playing in the Liga? Could, could that be, could that be uh, an issue? I think there's a lot of substance behind that, Dale, actually, yes. Um I mean, you, ha- you have to you have to have the utmost ad- sort of admiration for De Gea in that he's been extremely loyal to United. He's probably outlasted outlasted United in in the sort of post Ferguson years. Yes, we stuck by him in the Ferguson years um, after his obviously difficult start, um, but he emerged from that, um, particularly in the season which we won our final title. Um, but ever since then. You know, we've been up and down. We've had changes. Um, David De Gea is clearly a, a player who deserves every success he gets in the game. And United haven't been able to provide that in the past few years. So the fact that he stayed so loyal to us um, and almost uh, been able to sort of ignore Madrid's interest, which was became a yearly occurrence, I, I have the hugest respect for David De Gea. And I think that love is shown across fans worldwide, um, not just in the stadium. Um, And I think that won't have gone unnoticed from De Gea himself. So I think, yes, I think there's a lot of bitterness from the Spanish media in that De Gea hasn't gone back to the capital, back to his home. There was people Uh, voting for Pepe Reina at the start, ahead of De Gea, you know. Uh, I want want whatever they're smoking. (laughs) I mean, literally, if you're comparing this to a Sunday roast, it's like somebody voting for carrots over beef. It's just—it's a level of ridiculousness that I can't begin to stretch my head around. But this is what the media does. It just—it provides a platform for idiots to show their idiots. It just—it's a nonsense, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Are we still talking about football, or Donald Trump? <laughs> it could be either. To be honest, it's an analogy that applies to a lot of things in life, that, and unfortunately be it Brexit, be it America, be it Spanish media polls on keepers. <laughs> Idiots are prolific voters. There. Idiots, you know. Um, yeah. But that, that that is the the watch for review. I, I just kind of wanted to skim over that quite quickly because a lot of the excitement this week is on the Champions League. The For me, the pinnacle of football. Um, Paul Pogba might disagree, seeing as he doesn't really give a fuck about club football nowadays, but it's, <laughs> by, the, by the sounds of it, it's all about the World Cup with him. But um, look, I suppose there's not much of a difference. But on the Champions League, um, it's going to be a difficult one to preview because I'm, I'm trying not to name our f- first opposition too much because it might make things a bit awkward. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but Philip... So what was to put you on the spot at the start? Um, what do you know about young boys? Uh, <laughs> not an awful lot, to be honest. With you. Uh, obviously, uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to Google uh, young boys because uh, I'd probably have to uh, 
I'll probably have to throw up my computer. <laughs> I'd imagine my uh, so. browser history. I'd imagine so. uh, compromised with um, they, Well, I suppose we probably know more uh, about Swiss teams in the past, like uh, Basel and mm. um, yep. Grasshoppers of Zurich and uh, teams like that. Uh, of, I'm not too sure if are they Swiss champions or did they finish they, second in their. The past few seasons, they've been kind of hitting race finish second, third, but they, they won the season. They won the league last season, I think. It was the first time since 1986. It could be 85, but it was uh, around the 80s, but they've been kind of so there. Traditionally, traditionally, they've been Europa League, yeah. league yeah. campaigners, yeah. Uh, not getting too far past the group stage or. Sort of the um, Everton of Switzerland. With a with a slightly worse off name. I like I was thinking yeah. I was thinking yeah. right in the preview like this, is there any other name, maybe an abbreviation we can call him because it, it it's actually not too bad writing it. It it's when you're when you're speaking and you're asking someone yeah. to to give us some detail about young boys, you know, it's it's yeah. It, it, Let's it, refer to them as YB. Yeah, exactly or adolescent teenagers or something like that yeah. you know there's, there's a few things we could call them but um, the Champions League look I know we've lost two out of our first five games in the league and I've seen a few people kind of suggesting that should you prioritise one um, competition over the other one now I don't think Manchester are anywhere near the standard to, um, to, to, to win the Champions League but if you asked me at this stage last season I would have said the same thing about Liverpool and they progressed over the season. They bought well in January. They got into Van, yeah. Van Dijk, which they needed. And I think without that, they wouldn't have been anywhere near the, the, the Champions League final last season. Not a chance. Um, they, to, to sickeningly give them the credit, they did a very, very good job of getting rid of players who perhaps in that Pogba bracket towards weren't really bothered about being there anymore and brought mm. in players who would just allow them to build on what they'd already got and improve. So... Yeah, do you, yeah. Do, do, do Paul? Do do you think re- recent comments from from Gary Neville would suggest that Liverpool should kind of what do you say something like kick kick out the Champions League and totally focus on the, on the the league since they haven't won it in twenty nine years? But like, surely that's a really risky, really risky thing that as like as he was managing Valencia or even as Fergus is managing United, do you think they ever said you know what lads? Don't go, um, don't go too heavy in this term. Let's focus on something else. I can't imagine Ferguson ever Absolutely saying something not. I mean, we're only in September, Dale. Let's remember that. I mean, everyone is in all competitions at the minute. Yeah. And at this early stage, beggars can't be choosers. So uh, me personally, I've, I've, I've nowhere near enough managerial sort of credibility to make, a, to make a sound judgment on this. But me personally, I would be going for everything possible, especially the Champions yeah. League, such a prestigious tournament. Um, Liverpool... In particular, I've seen as Gary Neville's points, pinpoints them out themselves, they they never shy to remind us of how many European Cups they've won as well. So I can't envisage them sort of prioritising the Premier League for one second. I'm not defending Liverpool or City here, but um, Philip, Gary Neville didn't say that's about City last season when City were obviously see if they never won the Champions League. Um, and they were going. They were going for the title. No, Gary never wasn't saying no oh, focus on one or the other. And like I can understand to a degree, maybe at the end of the season when you're pushing for both and the squad, you're getting injuries. You kind of have to prioritize something then. But as Paul says, in September to have such a view when you have a group stage and 
It's madness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to this stage, it's just ridiculous to rule anything out because when all your options are there, to sort of turn away from anything is just a bit too drastic. See, so, yeah, obviously, with Gary Neville having that viewpoint on Liverpool and, and that they should maybe prioritise Cups, from a United perspective, Paul, do you think we've any chance whatsoever of um, of winning the Champions League or even reaching the final? I mean, by numbers, yes, we have a chance. We're one of 32 teams who can win this. Um, that said... Uh, the manner in which we were eliminated last year, dumped out by a by an average Sevilla side, um, yeah. without a semblance of any ambition whatsoever. Um, we have to make drastic improvements. Um, we obviously didn't recruit sufficiently over the summer um, to sort of see uh, sufficient changes, sort of playing wise. So now it's up to Mourinho and the players to to make a better fist of it this time round. Um, we're in, a, we're in a challenging group. There's no, let's not, not make any bones about that, is a challenging group. Um, but I'm confident of progression from the group stage. And then once we get to the knockout stage, it's a lottery, really. So, it, like you say, a lot depends on the draw, who we avoid, who finishes where. Um, but if you were to ask me about this second, it would be very tough for United to win it. But I'm confident of progression. OK, so if you were to make a prediction then, who do you think this season will win the Champions League, Paul? I mean, you look at... It's such a tough one, OK, because Real Madrid have won it three years in a row. Um, even though they won it last season, I still don't think it's the same Real Madrid team at all anymore. And I think Zidane knew what no. he was doing by getting out at that, at that specific time. And I kind of, well time, man. Yeah, I, I kind of admired that. But if, if I was Real Madrid manager, I'd be saying, you cheeky bastard. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you rode the waves while it was going well and then... As soon as Ronaldo and, and, and certain players are aging, you jump out. Yeah. But look, I mean, very it, clever move. It was a clever move, a shrewd move, but I don't think they'll win it this season. I don't nope. think PSG will win it. And I'm going to... No. I don't know whether between Barcelona and, and Juventus, and I, I, I think I'm going to go with um, Barcelona. I'm going to stick my neck out on the line. And you mentioned Ronaldo Verdale. Um, he's, he's won it so many years in a row. I just think he's going to have such an influence on that Juventus team. He's going to take them up another level. And I know they're not the front runners to win it, but I can see I can see the old lady being a, few, a dark horse and actually going the whole way with Ronaldo. It's been so long since they have won. What about you, John? Who, who do you fancy? Uh, genuinely and honestly, lads, and I know this is going to sound like the kind of bitter Leeds, Leeds, Leeds thing that I'm surrounded by, but as long as I don't see Klopp or Guardiola <laughs> celebrating victory, I couldn't give a shitter who wins it because it won't be us at best we might make the quarters and be it Mourinho's fear of attacking such a poor opponent as last season's were or just our squad's inability to compete with those that have been built better than ours I don't see us going beyond the quarters so anyone beyond that that goes on to lift it that's not one of those two They've got my blessing. Also, just another thing about Paul Pogba, I know you're kind of tongue-in-cheek mentioned about the pinnacle of football and that he doesn't really care. But if Paul Pogba wants to leave Manchester United, which I, I don't think is too far from the truth, um, 
for a club like maybe a return to Juventus or Barcelona or PSG, surely he's going to have to put in high standard performances yeah. this season. And I'm not seeing that from the league, but perhaps with the Champions League, with those clubs involved and with those clubs yeah. watching, do you think that we could see a different Pogba? And part of me is hoping, you know, I hope he does because I think his, his attitude is toxic and I, ho- I hope we, we, we can get good money for him. And I think also that would benefit us in the Champions League if, if he does decide to show up. Absolutely. Um, do you think we'll start seeing, I suppose, a rocket up his arse and a different Paul Pogba ball? You could you could just simplify it, Dale, and say that ultimately he's in the shop window for these teams yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, he's playing in front of the eyes of, of the world, really, uh, which is a stage that he's shown that he's... he's thrived on in the past in the summer with France so um, will the Champions League bring the best out of Paul Pogba potentially if it, um, if it doesn't there's something seriously wrong yeah I mean if you can't get up for it, what annoys me a lot players can't be motivated to play at that level yeah Philip's back Philip you, you better you better re-entrance brilliant <laughs> but Philip was actually kidnapped by Yogi Mendes there for the past 10 minutes what do you see? <laughs> You have to show up for the big occasion, like so. Yeah. Exactly. Look, Paul Pogba can take a no from your book. Um, you you show up when it matters most. Um, so, yeah. so I've asked the lads who they think will win the the Champions League. Philip, how about you? Uh, nobody's uh, nobody's actually mentioned Bayern Munich. Okay. Um, perhaps with, with some of the star players they have. Well, star players of old. Is it an agent side with the likes of Ribery announcing that this could be his final season? Robin, um, I don't pay much attention to to Bundesliga. Yeah, but, but what a way to say again. Mm. What a way to go out. Yeah, absolutely. If if they, if they can show their form of old, like the Germans are always going to be there, thereabouts, you know. Um, and actually, on that, we've mentioned clubs that Paul Pogba has been linked with. I find it very, very interesting that he hasn't been linked with the, a German club like Bayern Munich, um, who, if, avail- if a top player is available, they're always mentioned. Um, do you know, I think it's telling that, that a team like Bayern Munich, with clear football ethos, um, are not being linked with, with Paul Pogba. And uh, as well as that... It says a great, great deal about Pogba that we're buying focus purely on players who... Efficient about players, yeah. career and success rather than profile. They see him as sort of the modern curse of a player who, if he can achieve yeah. all his acclaim and call it commercial success, which he's getting through, like his Adidas deals and other spin-offs, you know, he gets that regardless of how well or badly he plays mm. Saturday tea time at Watford. Bayern don't want that kind of player. They want someone whose drive is to deliver game in, game out. So he would be kryptonite to them. Absolutely. And just before we, 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 we ask or we answer um, the, the questions that we got from the Facebook group, um, Philip, where, where do you see you know, I come in this group? And to follow up with that question, young boys... Um, it's away from home. Obviously, I've always kind of gone into games away in Europe and accepting draws as long as you win all your home games. But with that difficulty of having Juventus in our group, there's no guarantee we'll get win all our home games. Is it 
does that add the, to the importance of this away game and getting three points? Oh, without a doubt, you have to start strongly. Um, I think they should be going there looking to win two or three nil. Because I, I think you're you're saying that too with Juventus in the back of your mind, the home. There's no guarantee whatsoever. Without it, yeah. Um, Paul, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to allude on. First, uh, you have to uh, you have to lay a lay down a marker really in your opening match. You always want to get yeah. off to the best possible start, and like you say, the home games are going to be quite challenging. So to get a to get an away win against the the so-called minnows or the the unfancied team in the group, you know. It would send. It would be the best possible start. Your prediction, um, Jonathan? Um, I've gone for three-one United on this one because, for a lot of the reasons that the lads have said, for how difficult at least four of the remaining fixtures are going to be, you need to make sure that for this first one at least, you come out of that with a decent display, a comfortable win, and just know that whatever comes up in the games after you've at least got your first points on the board. So any draws that might come from those games aren't going to be too damaging. Yeah. Um, and then, Phil, your, your thoughts or your prediction for the scoring? Uh, I'd actually go with 3-1 as well. OK. We're going for goals. So, you know, um, three goals would be quite a tally away from home in Europe. And, Paul, are you going to go with the same kind of optimistic view? Um, I'm going to go for a clean sheet. Um, I'm going to go. It's a it's a banana skin fixture, but I think United will win. I think we'll win two 0 Okay, I'm going to stick with the prediction I gave with full time Devils, and that's a one 0 win for United. Um, as long as just to come back with three points. Usually happy with a draw, as I mentioned, but with Juventus the back of my mind, there's no even guarantee we'll even get a draw home against them. It could be two defeats. You know, the the, the players they can boast and they're dominating Syria and I think there's a lot of emphasis on, on being convinced in the Champions League and showing that they can win it outright. That's why they're spending so much money. Um and I look just get to get to get three points to be a big boost against young boys away from home. Um we have some questions of course as, as every week from the, the Facebook page. The first one comes in from Derek Turner and I want to touch on this during the, the review of the Watford game. So I left it to the last um, Paul, we're going to start with you on Alexis Sanchez. Derek says he'd sell him. Um, he doesn't think it's ever going to happen for him at United. And what do the lads think? This obviously comes in the back of people believing that Sanchez is just walking to the team every week and he, he's not contributing much. Do, do you think it'll ever happen for him? Or... I, th- I think we will be stuck with Alexis Sanchez, if I'm all honest with you. Um, he's, he's not even halfway through his his four-year contract on on five hundred, six hundred thousand pounds a week. Um, so from a financial point of view alone, I think we're stuck with him. I, I read your article this lunchtime, Dale, actually on Sanchez. Looked at your views on him, and I, I totally agree. I think um, he's far too good a player to sort of be consigned to the scrap heap or be called over the hill. Mm. He's been there's been all sorts of criticism labelled at Sanchez, hasn't hasn't there really? But um, I think. The endeavour is there, as we always knew it would be, given the way Sanchez plays. He's he's sort of 100 miles an hour, sort of always puts the industry in. Um, I think it's just establishing... It's not even so much establishing a rapport with Lukaku. I think that is already there, as you saw with the, the cross that he put in for, the, for his opener at Burnley. Um, I think the guy just needs a break, really. I just think he needs a bit of luck, just something to go his way, just maybe... Obviously, when, when you say break, you're on a bill. 
that bit of luck you're not talking just about. Just a bit of luck, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I just think it's not happening for him. Um, but he's the sort of player where he, he could turn up against Wolves on Saturday and, and bag a brace, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's the sort of one where quality always shines through in the end. Um, I know there's a lot of people on social media sort of rooting for Anthony Martial, but um, after his showing at Watford, there's absolutely no reason to put Martial in this team whatsoever. In fact, I think he's still looking to be wearing the badge. Um, Marcus Rashford's obviously suspended domestically at least, so um, I think Sanchez is a virtual shoe-in on the left-hand side for the next couple of weeks anyway, so hopefully he comes good. But to, to say that He's not going to make it United categorically at this stage. I think it's a bit premature. Yeah, it, we're, we're three months away from the year anniversary of, of Sanchez joining. Um, and looking back at, at that year, it has been a struggle. There, there's no way to, to look beyond that. He hasn't oh, scored yeah. enough goals. And the assists, again, it could be more. And I, I do think the link-up play with certain attackers is going to take time because, it, as people have mentioned, when, when, when Sanchez came in, the himself and Pogba were almost kind of stepping over one another on the left. It, it took him a while yeah. to kind of tune that. I haven't seen that this season. I've seen improvement in that respect. But what I really like about Sanchez, and I know it's not working for him at the moment, is over the past few years, I've been critically United saying that we don't take enough risks going forward and we play it too safe. And sometimes he's a risk taker. Yeah, he's a risk taker. And he gets the ball, he's going to turn around, and no matter how many defenders in front of him, he's going to drive at you. And I yeah. like there's there's times where we've needed goals in games. And in talking the game against Seville, and even though we're at times that season, even though we're at times where we need a goal, it's still playing it safe, passing sideways. Yeah. Whereas Sanchez, it doesn't matter if we're tuning it up or we need a goal. He turns and he runs. And it, Goes to kill, doesn't he? He, he, he? A lot of the time he's running into trouble. But my, my point is, and perhaps a bit false hope, it's only a matter of time before that, that clicks. And When and if that does click, we've got one of the best players in England on our hands. Absolutely. Um, By a mile. I think people are obsessed with the money deal as well, though, yeah. aren't they? Which, yeah. which I, which I find baffling in 2018 because we can all agree footballers are on ridiculous money. I don't uh, care yeah. about how much you know yeah. you pay a player. It doesn't affect me. It just shouldn't affect you. And it, we just all have to come to terms with footballers overpaid, and and, and that's I it. I want United to have the best players. Yeah, um, you have to pay. Simple. There was Look at Van Dijk. Exactly, and and, that, and Van yeah. Dyke Van Dyke backs up what Mourinho was saying during the summer. He needed a centre half. He wanted to spend big, and people were bashing Mourinho with, "Oh, you've spent thirty million on two centre halves." Okay, so but what? but but nowadays the top class centre backs are going to cost you sixty to seventy million, and that's what you know. Oh, exactly. need. Do you know? Um, I don't want to spend too much time on Sanchez, but I do want Phillips' views. Um, do you think it'll ever happen for Sanchez at at United, Philip? Philip has been kidnapped again by Yorgi Mendes. We, we we can see him on the webcam talking, but we can't we can't hear his ah. voice unfortunately. Look, don't worry about it. You can come back, you can come back. Jonathan, I'll forward that question to you. Will it work out for Alexis Sanchez at United eventually? I I certainly believe it will. I, I think there's there's so many times during um his time at United where it just looks to be there's certainly no lack of effort. Well, other players look like they very much aren't interested in this. His drive, his commitment, his desire can't be questioned. There just seems to constantly be that wrong bounce of the ball for him. 
or he'll beat three defenders, look up, smash it in the top corner, and the keeper will just pull off one of those yeah. ridiculous palm it over the bar type things. So there's so many things that he's doing right that it just feels like if he was still doing it in the Arsenal shirt, he's wheezing away in celebration at his effort hitting the far corner. But at United, it's either clipping the post on its way out or the keeper's getting a save or a defender's getting the shin to it. Yeah, Brooks, Ben Foster at Vicarage Road, It was he stopped a classic Sanchez run, didn't he? I mean, how yeah. many drops to the shoulder did he do and then went for the top corner, like you say? If that yeah. flies in, like you say, it's... There's a, so much that's going right for him, but because we live in like a statistical world, the only thing that gets measured is how many times have we scored as a result of his cross or how many times yeah. have he scored himself? And that's not to say that you can basically say he's a success because he's run a lot. That would be too scouts for any of us. But certainly what I see there is a man who's desperate for this to work. And he's an amazing world-class talent. And while he continues to put in the effort that he is, eventually Lady Luck has to look after him. And like you say, just give him that break that there'll be that period where he'll be charging into the 18-yard box and the defender will clear it into his kneecap and it'll fly in the bottom corner. John, before we leave this topic and ask the last question, just to tie in what everyone's asking on social media at the moment, is it right that Sanchez is still starting week out, week out with Anthony Martial on the bench? And of course, I know Rashford's suspended, but ha- has Martial warranted a start over Sanchez? And I know people say, well, Sanchez hardly warrants walking into the team every week, but... but Martial's attitude much better. No, you know, I, I, and again, it's, it's part of what kills me on the Martial front is if you're talking about a talent that can turn games in vital moments by doing things beyond those mortals, Martial is on that top shelf. But it requires the drive and commitment to do that, and he just doesn't have it. He looks genuinely upset at being asked to do anything. So his facial expression doesn't get picked over anyone. His facial expression, I'd say, if he changed, the skin might crack. Um, He he doesn't doesn't smile. It's it's an expression that I loved when you're winning three one and he's got two of them and he just made the keeper look like yeah 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 (laughs) an absolute remedial (laughs) with the way he's treated him then that expression is beautiful. Yeah. But when you're 2-1 down chasing a game and need everyone giving everything, walking around like some sort of shopping centre goth that's just <laughs> pissed off at everything, <laughs> it's not what you're after in what's supposed to be one of your leading talents. No, and absolutely that's a big not. frustration that that lad, he can do anything and he can beat anyone single-handed. Yeah. But if you don't have that internal drive to maximise your talent, then the talent's pointless. Last question from Dave Cleaver, um, who sends in questions every week for the podcast. Thanks for that. Um, we want to start with Paul. Uh, is there any way, bracket please let there be, that Josie has a master plan? Could he somehow have something going on behind the scenes that will eventually see the team come together and start playing more attacking football with an attack of style? Or am I just in la-la land to think of it? I think he's in la-la land stylistically. However, yeah. there's a big however, and I really hope we have turned a corner. 
and I think Mourinho, I've seen a different side of Mourinho this season in that he's he's making himself sort of more approachable to the fans. He's trying to get on side with the fans. He's he's not calling out his players in public. Um, I, I referred back give, to the give, give a time, Paul. Give a time. It could, it could happen uh, this week. Uh, maybe, mate. <laughs> um, going back to the celebrations like Lukaku, you could see how much sort of determination and driving the team forward and um, the players surrounded him. I mean, everyone was going on about Chris Smalling for how disastrous his hair was, but yeah. I think we were all shocked by his second goal. And But the squad were together as a whole in the celebrations. And yeah. um, I think in that sense, we, I, the Watford game, we did not see a squad that has sort of down tools or stopped playing for Mourinho. Not a chance. Um, Very much the opposite. That that truly looked a squad that is there for its manager. I mean, did you see the um, the interview over the weekend where he explained the celebration of Smalling's goal and how they, as a coaching team, enjoyed it because it's yeah. been worked on? Do you, Do you think that just just to add into um, to Dave's question, um, Jonathan, is he asked about attack on football, and you just mentioned there the the Kieran McKenna celebration and Carrick yeah. Carrick bleeming in the background. It was obviously yeah. something that came from the, the training ground, which which Mourinho confirmed. Do yeah. you, do you think? And it was suggested in the summer that perhaps with the Rui Faria leaving and a different influence around the training ground, that McKenna and Carrick might want to juggle up the football a small bit and, and have more of an attacking yeah. influence. Because I remember last season, I was reliably told before we, we met a signing that one of the the things that Mourinho said he, the team lacks was a, a passer from midfield. Like, get the ball yeah. forward quickly. And I, when I, in the opening few weeks, I seen that in Fred. I seen his, yeah. his true balls are fantastic. And yeah. I think with the coach and influence from McKenna and, and Carrick, Perhaps we might be onto something. Yeah. Perhaps Dave isn't in La La Land. I'm not expecting yeah. Guardiola style attacking oh, no, football, no. But, but something but a bit what, better on we were used to. Definitely, because what I would say it's worth bearing in mind. I'm not going to try and gloss over Spurs and Brighton like we were unlucky, because obviously that's not the case. But you look at both games. You look at the fact that we've created very, very straightforward key chances at nil-nil that we've then wasted. There's elements there that, you know, with the style he's asking the players to adapt, with the chances they're creating off the back of that, we're more lethal at putting those away. We know how potentially flaky Spurs are. They go 1-0 down at Old Trafford after 20 minutes. Are they going to be as dominant in that second half as they were at 0-0? Mm. We know how with Brighton, we are literally their only two wins in like the last <laughs> thing games or something. How much time are they going to spend on the front foot if Lukaku puts that chance away 10-15 yeah. minutes in? So even in the games where we've eventually lost and ended up playing shambolically. We've had chances at nil-nil to get on the front foot and really put the opposition under pressure. And perhaps it is just that that's sort of the issue here, that where we've then gone behind, because we've been sort of searching, particularly in those two games, for a, a back four that doesn't look worrying, you're behind, you're chasing the game, sides come at you, and we've just been so easy to get behind and just 
wrapped the game up, it's been ridiculous. Where since we've become a bit more solid, since Fellaini frustratingly has come in and done his say. beautiful job of protecting that back four. Just being a nuisance. <laughs> exactly, because this is it. It's just literally a case of... I don't even know what his purpose is. It's literally as in, right, whenever you see that ball, just run at it and make sure that anybody that's wearing the other colour top can't do anything with it. And to be fair... He's the Zidane of doing that job. He's just becoming frustratingly good at it. Physical sides, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. No, definitely. Look, lads, I know Philip had to leave for work reasons, and or I think Yogi Mendes may have a, yeah. an influence on that. But um, that is this week's podcast, the Champions League special, and hopefully you know, I can go on claim all three points against um, young boys. I'm sick of saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, look, Paul, a pleasure having you back on the podcast. Thanks, Dale. It has been a pleasure. I've enjoyed every minute of it. And the same, same to you, Jonathan. Always a pleasure. And Philip, wherever you are, um, in Lisbon or wherever Mendes yeah, currently. Mendes basement. <laughs> Wolverhampton. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. And a rough coming opponents in, in, in the league. There won't be a podcast before that, but next week we will be reviewing the game against Wolves. Um, unless Yogi Mendes comes in and interrupts it again. Um, but without further ado, look, enjoy, enjoy the week. Hopefully I get three points in, in both games and have a good weekend. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. <laughs> Still Giggs goes, he's through, he's scored! Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's played for Manchester United! To the left, right footed, it's a clear header, and it's into the net! Stockjar has won the European Cup for Manchester United! Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.